Greetings, and welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. I'm Phyllis Hollis, your host. As an extension of my Instagram page, Cerebral Women, this podcast offers insights into the visual art world. I interview artists, mainly artists of color and female artists, who will freely articulate what inspires their creativity. In addition, you'll hear interesting perspectives from dedicated art professionals who work with artists and the art institutions that feature them. I'm confident that collectively, these individuals will indeed stimulate your mind as they do our eyes. Please know these interviews are conducted in my Manhattan apartment, so please forgive the background sounds of city life. Welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. This episode features Austrian-born artist Katharina Oschbauer. She lived in Vienna for 16 years before relocating to Los Angeles in 2017. The move to L.A., coupled with residencies at Red Gate in Beijing and Kehinde Wiley's Black Rock in Dakar, Senegal, profoundly transformed her practice, emboldening her to push the boundaries in exploring the tenuous relationship between representation and abstraction, creating the distinct viewpoint in her work which she has recognized. Her painting style allows clearly defined silhouettes to freely emerge, collapse, and morph. Quoting Lita Berry, a freelance art critic, in Katharina's painting, body flesh is alive with pulsing energy that oscillates between passion and violence, paradise and horror, sorrow and pain. Her solo exhibitions include her first institutional show show in Asia titled Sirens at the Dengxia Art Space in Beijing, which closes December 15, 2023. Also this year, Midnight Spill, Periton, Hong Kong. In 2022, Prayers, Divinations, Nicodem in New York, just to name a few. Please visit CerebralWomen.com for additional information and enjoy this episode featuring painter Katharina Oshba. Katharina, welcome to my podcast. I'm excited to feature you. It's a pleasure for me. When did you know or when did you recognize the fact that you're probably going to be an artist, a visual artist? It's a very funny story. And I actually just heard it a couple of days ago when I was spending time with my family. So I think I was around maybe three years old and my little sister was just born and my mother went to a public swimming pool with us. And then she was with my sister and I was, I think I was sitting in the sun in the swimming pool. And then suddenly people were getting really panicked because I wouldn't insist on having my head underwater and they thought I'm suicidal. <laughs> and then they brought me to, to, to my mom, but I kind of, I, I remember or I realized that I was fascinated by the, by what I saw and the floating feeling of water and the color, the blue. And I think when you put a head underwater, everything, the sound kind of disappears or it distorts. It becomes very quiet. And I think I kind of, I couldn't stop being down there. And they just thought I'm, I'm obsessed with killing myself or whatever with three years old, which wasn't true. And I do believe 
that this is definitely one of the first moments where I knew my head is maybe a little bit different <laughs> than the others. But I also was searching for something that really was fascinating me. As you got older, do you recall if there was a particular painting, a body of work that you were really drawn to as a, as a youngster? I grew up not with a lot of art. It was more music. There was another fee, uh, another situation because my father has been a pastor, priest, and my mother was teaching the piano in a public school for a really long time. But when and it got divorced when I was also uh, just turning four, but I was also in when my mom was playing the organ, I was going into the organ and I would really be surrounded by sound. So I think it's very interesting because it is not something so visual and it's also not something in a, in a way beautiful that fascinated me because also we had in the church we had a like a really big monument it was a first world war monument and it was quite brutal and i remember i was looking at it and it was somehow fascinating me but also frightening me so it was more something sculptural it was more something sonic than in fact something visual which is very interesting. But I was always drawing from a really early time on. And through the drawing, I could access my fantasy and I could kind of transport myself away. So, yeah, I think I was always a visual kid because I had strong dreams and imagining things would really calm me down. But really understanding what is a painting, it just came much, much, much later. This came much later from when I was learning from books in, in there's a public library in the city where we later lived, or it's a more of a village. And then I found out about art and what this just is, the idea of being an artist. But I think it was more sonic in the beginning. It was a feeling that gave me some kind of peace, but also emotion. Are there concepts or thoughts that connect your work? I guess so, but my work is not entirely, I think, connected through language or words. I think it's very much an interaction of movement, drawing, line, and the slow building up of, of materiality. It would be hard for me to actually really have like one sentence that connects it all. How would you define your practice? I've always been not the best in defining my practice in words. It's very easy for me to talk about things that come to my mind, but when it's about my practice, I'm always feel kind of more stuck. But I do believe I'm really interested in space. I'm interested in place. I'm interested in layers. And in some way, there always is a push and pull between closeness, like intimacy and distance. And this is also in the way how I approach figures. But I actually think the most important aspect for my paintings, what I want to create is a feeling of space. When do you know where a work is finished? If it's been taken out of the studio, <laughs> some way. No, I'm, I'm joking, but it's very hard. It's very hard because I partly work over very long periods of time, several months, sometimes years, sometimes weeks. Like there is not one speed. It's always like different, but it's mostly like accumulations of, of, of paints. It's not so easy for me to say. Maybe when I feel a sense of peace, because in the process, sometimes 
it just feels unresolved until until it doesn't because i don't work planned out i mostly have a certain feeling about a painting a, a certain composition and then i just have to keep going so it is not something that i can clearly define in in sense of like the amount of paint is on it and or it's it's closed because i always feel a painting needs to still breathe and i but i always work with mistakes a lot so i definitely my practice always incorporates what would be considered wrong handling of paint so it is mostly i'm really moving backwards and forwards and just at some point i feel all the elements in the paintings in a way communicate to each other and they don't need me any longer if that makes sense and when do the titles enter the creative process very hardly the titles are with me while i paint very very often they come they come afterwards it's very interesting because at the moment i'm actually i finished a body of work and then i left studio and i have to find the titles but it is a very different process but i also enjoy it but it is almost as if i'm outside myself then looking back on them and because language is a whole own thing and it's very interesting because i started to use some titles in the english language which is not my original language so i'm a foreigner in that language but i sometimes i have books that i read i make notes sometimes sometimes i find those notes again mostly i just lose them so it's meaningless <laughs> but there are certain books that i read but it's more like i'm almost reading it like a oracle i read it and i read very fast i read over certain passages and then i pick out so it's something more like a game i pick out words and i write some forms of poetry and then sometimes i think of certain dreams that i have and sometimes the titles are very bad and descriptive some i have to say i really always have good titles and sometimes i have titles the best titles for me happen as if i'm have a conversation as if i'm having a conversation and then they are very dynamic but i honestly i have to say <laughs> not all of my paintings i'm not always proud of <laughs> the titles of my paintings do you listen to music while you're working yes i do but i also like to depending on the state state i am i have insomnia so it, when i have slept very very well which is not so often then i almost don't want to listen to music because i enjoy listening to the soundscape of the of the space where i'm working i really like the feeling of just being in life like being surrounded by people or people working and or whatever is the soundscape of the of of the, of the place i'm working uh, in then sometimes when i'm more like tired or anxious or any kind of feeling i stimulate myself with music i really i love music and i listen to it really very very often but sometimes certain music also makes me too obsessed because i like to listen to songs over and over again and it's throughout it's it's really very very like it's it's very broad i like to listen to classic music i like to listen to electronic music i like really it's not specific sometimes i like to listen to radio and then sometimes i like to listen to spoken words but it needs to be a voice i really feel comfortable if you weren't a visual artist what other career path do you think you would have chosen 
I wish it would be music, but I'm not able, like I'm need a good singer. I'm need a playing any, any instrument good. But I think if it wouldn't be a painter and if I would have, if I would have any talent, then I would love it to be, to be music. How do you keep learning? It's a general restlessness. I think, I think I'm a very hungry person. I always think when I believe I know something or I know myself or I figured something out, I, I need to drop it or I, I think it's a limitation. So I think I'm very restless in that sense. But I think with painting is always, for me, it's always about coming back to very old knowledge and then, but at the same time, leaving that and being, being open. But it has to be in a way also a closed circle. I enjoy the fact that painting is very ritualistic and also very, very isolated. But I need to break that from time to time. I really need to break that. I need to be with people and I need to be with people. There are, I'm not meaning people who are in the art world or whatever, but I'm, I mean it with people who, who are outside of the small circle of how we are working with. But I mean, the borders are anyhow transition, like transitional, uh, how you say transparent. So I think learning is through being with other people that show me things very different than what, what I believe. I'm a very stubborn person and I think I'm just very surprised when somebody has a other opinion on things and I think this is what really helps to learn. I sometimes also have been criticized for, for, for this being so restless and not settling. And I didn't have studios for a really long, long time in my life, like stable studios out of various reasons. But, but I do think when we stop learning, we, we're dead. So we have to learn at some point uh, up until our last breath. But this learning doesn't necessarily always have to be only outward. It also is, is a form of reflection. It can also be inward. Do you think your audience understands your work? <laughs> I don't know. But I also believe in misunderstandings. Sometimes a misunderstanding is the most beautiful thing that can happen. So I don't know. <laughs> Do you think about your audience when you're working? Not really. I don't really think about the audience in the sense of I'm making a product and I know what it will be. I was thinking about it when, because I was part of a residency in Dakar in Senegal, BlackRock, and we had the great, great, great luck of being able to show our work in Dakar. And I there, it was really, really, really incredible and, and profound. So in the moment when I exhibit it, then I think the conversations are very meaningful for me, but mostly not in advance. But this was the only time when I was painting for a show that um, happened at the Dakar, the Dakar Biennale last year. I think it was the only time where I really thought I, I knew the work will be, will be seen by people in Senegal and also people visiting. So I think there, it was something I was really, really looking forward because I never know if any painting will hold until the end. So when I started painting, there's a lot of moments of doubt. And when I bring it to an end, I'm surprised in the end. I'm actually surprised when a painting still holds and is, and is strong and then I can, uh, I can show it. But generally, I don't think in advance 
while I'm painting because I think in general it's important to to be more true to the to to the art. I do have conversations while while I'm painting, and these conversations also guide me. These conversations these are more intimate. They are with friends. I don't have a lot of visitors, but in a way they guide me towards a person who looks at the at the work and who is not myself. So all these conversations guide me, but I really don't have any, I don't paint like specifically for an end result or for an audience because I also don't know who this audience will be. I don't know the history that each painting will have in, in the future. Let's hope it's not just stored for decades because I only know so far about it. Why was the creative process different for you while you were in Dakar? I think it was maybe it it was maybe because I really felt a sense of artistic community. And before I was in a way more isolated. And I think because I had so many conversations about the paintings. I mean, for me, context always plays a really, really a big role. So I I left the context that I knew for a long time. I left Vienna where I was for 16 years and then I moved to the States and I moved to Los Angeles, I migrated. And there was already a change in how people talk about painting. And I think the conversations about painting, the role that painting has, figuration, color, I'm still carrying so much from the conversations that I had there. I think in that way, it really, really changed me. But maybe I don't even yet know in, uh, in, in, in which way. What are you excited about right now? I'm actually very excited right now to see my family because I'm not very often here in, in Austria. I'm in Vienna right now. And this just makes me very happy. I'm, I'm very happy now at the moment to be, to be away from the studio, but I also can't wait to go back again. What do you enjoy most about being a visual artist? I think what I enjoy most is also maybe something that is most challenging. I just had a studio visit this morning with a painter and like I was thinking just about it as, as a painter, especially you spend a lot of time on your own reflecting it really is can become very painful because you question yourself so much and you really go into isolation. But I think the fact that you can compare to when you have a job in a more corporate setting or when you are also just involved in life and have, have to care for other people more, or there's such a luxury in this, in the way of that you can really imagine yourself, you are really outside of society, but at the same time, you're very much in it. So as a painter, I think you are in these extremes of being very close to people. And I think you need to have this sensitivity. You need to keep this sensitivity and you need to nourish this sensitivity. But this also makes you very vulnerable because you you pick up so much energy. And I think these are kind of, how should I say, this, these are polar opposites of being very isolated and then at the same time being exposed but the but the fact that you can think so that you can really think deeply and also question certain structures also power relationships it is not necessary that i think every artist does that but there is the potential and i think this is the most beautiful thing but it also is the most challenging thing because then sometimes it's also really hard to be it 
because I think you have to always be in some way an outsider. But then you're always so inside of like the, you're inside of your body, you are inside of your skin. You are just born in one body and you move through the world. So you perceive the world through that. So do you definitely carry this also inside of your, in, inside of your work and inside of your studio? But then I always found there's such a freedom in having a studio and being somehow disappearing behind what we create as painters. So we have these second bodies, which are our paintings, and we can in a way almost disappear. Of course, our time has very loves artists themselves, and we are very much, we are more put into focus like this, photos of artists circulating. So there is a lot of attention also on the persona behind it. But I do think this is what I really enjoy, especially of being a painter. But it's also like every present is also a challenge. It's like with what people describe as talent. The funny thing is because I've had more recognition with my about my paintings like in the last maybe six years. And before that, I didn't know if I would just be a crazy person because society hasn't yet hasn't acknowledged it. So I would like really think I'm a crazy person. Because as an artist, some things are more difficult for, for you. And sometimes it's how you perceive things. I'm meandering around. I hope this something can be used from what I was saying here. I've enjoyed this talk so much. Um, this is our final question. What do you feel is the purpose of art? And as an artist, what is your role? It's a very difficult question. It's also very complex. I really, really think we have to challenge boxes in which people are put in. Yeah, I think we really have to challenge these boxes and we have to we have to go to that areas where where we have to work with our anxiety and really really also challenge the anxiety and also I do think it is about giving to others. So whatever we go through, we have to um distill a strength out of it in order to give it forward to younger people and to people where our art reaches something. I do really believe it's about it it's about this if you paint something and this makes one person happy in whichever way or speaks to the person or really lights up something in them or makes them realize something, then, then everything is, everything is fulfilled. So it's very simple and it's very difficult at the same time. Thank you so much for your time. I've enjoyed our conversation. Me too. Thank you for listening to Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. For additional content, please visit CerebralWomen.com and be sure to follow Cerebral Women on Instagram.